0: Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to The Dark Parts, a show where we explore the darkest parts of history, the world, and your mind. I'm your host Heath, and with me
1: today as always is the lovely Queen of Scream, Daphne.
0: Daphne, how you doing?
1: I'm doing well. We are days away from Halloween, so days I'm away very from excited. our favorite holiday it's of the year. It's so bittersweet though, because you wait all year and then it ends. But then we have Christmas time, which is a very good time as well.
0: If I could just have double Halloween and just skip Christmas, I'd probably do that.
1: See, but I love, like, I love Thanksgiving fall. You know, there's like October fall, and then there's Thanksgiving fall, and they're very different. So I'm looking forward. But we're having a really fun Halloween party on Halloween night, so I'm super excited. For for that, we're going to have like a vintage photo booth and a bunch of horror movies on the projector out in the backyard by the pool. It's going to be very fun.
0: It's going to be super sweet.
1: What are you dressing up as? I am going to be rock and roll Frankenstein. Yes, you are. And, and I am going to be... um I'm trying to be Nadja from what we do in the shadows, but I don't know if my brunette wig is going to arrive in time so if not i'm just going to be like blonde Nadja.
0: you'll just be a blonde vampire <laughs> yeah i'm
1: just going to be a vampire then at that point but i have her dress i ha- i found this dress online and it's very very her so well we'll let you guys know how it goes but i hope you guys have an exciting halloween planned and today we have a very spooky it's not a halloween episode but it it's it's in the it's in the realm
0: yeah it's like in the realm of things that you may or may not do on a spooky halloween night Actually, Daphne, tell me, what do you know about Ouija boards?
1: I have two, actually. They're in this house right now. (laughs) I have uh, an old German one that I got from like an oddity shop in Burbank, California. And then when I was a teenager, I worked at a bakery and my manager was a Wiccan. And so she and her boyfriend built me a wooden Ouija board and she blessed it. And I actually used it once in her house at a Halloween party Nothing happened, so that was a little disappointing. But I, I also don't know if I would actually want something to happen. You yeah, know?
0: that's true. Yeah. So but anyway, it was, but it was a cool <laughs> handcrafted gift.
1: Yeah. So I still have both, and I just i I have so many friends that have scary stories, and I've never had actually anything happen to me with one. But I don't know if I'd try one again. Like it just it freaks me out, you know. Yeah. Same. Ha- have you tried one? Oh
0: yeah, definitely. Well yeah.
1: Do you, are you going to tell your story today?
0: Um. No, because, you know... Nothing same, happened? Same thing. <laughs> Nothing really happened. Yeah. I mean, it was just one of those things where teenagers get together and you fuck around with a Ouija board and... You know, it's like you try to spook each other.
1: Yeah. Well, also, um, uh, you know, we have to bring up the fact that people say Ouija and Ouija. Obviously, it's spelled Ouija. But we're looking this up, and in British English, it is typically pronounced Ouija, and that is how both of us say it. So if you say Ouija, that's cool, too. I have read so many articles that say that both are actually correct.
0: Yeah. So we're going to refer to it as Ouija today, just to not get confused. But if you want to say Ouija by all means. So, Ouija boards. You've seen them in films and you may have even tried one out yourself. My sister swears by her experience when she was in her early teens with a group of her friends at my parents' house. And we're actually gonna talk about that a little bit later. But regardless of how you feel about connecting with the other side, today's stories are interesting to say the least. Are these wooden talking boards a great way to speak to your dead Aunt Sue in order to get her banana bread recipe? Or were they responsible for releasing the terrifying face of Captain Howdy from The Exorcist? Well, today, we're going to find out a little bit more about them and hear some terrifying true tales as well. So grab your board, a clean pair of undies, and let's take a trip to the place where Edgar Allan Poe lived and also the place where Ouija boards were first created. The city of gargoyles and crab cakes, Baltimore. As we discuss today's topic, Ouija.
1: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Before we get into some strange Ouija board stories, let's first discuss the history behind the mystery and where it all began. In the mid-1800s, three sisters who lived in upstate New York experienced what they believed was an otherworldly phenomenon. They said every night before bedtime, they would hear a series of raps or knocks on the walls and furniture of their home. But a neighbor of theirs was not convinced, so they came to see it for themselves on the night of March 31st 1848 and a demonstration was conducted and by the way some may believe this was a prank given that you know was the eve of april fools but anyway so the girls began to ask the spirits or whoever was knocking to complete a series of knocks for them they asked count to five then shortly after they heard five distinct knocks they then asked the spirits to knock the neighbor's age, so it knocked 33 times, and so on and so forth. But the Fox girls' mother was so disturbed by this occurrence that she moved out of the house and sent her girls to live in Rochester, New York with their older sister. So that is a, I mean, she, she jumped on... This she's like, get the hell out of here. You creepy demons. Yeah. And didn't even want the children anymore. Yeah. She was like, girls, get out of my life. So rumors started to spread around Rochester about the Fox sisters and their unnerving story. And prominent locals begin to suspect that the entity knocking was that of a peddler who had been murdered in the girl's farmhouse where they used to live five years prior. Now, the story caught so much wind that eventually the girl's house in upstate New York was searched by authorities and found down in the cellar of the home one day was clumps of hair and bone fragments.
0: So then people were like, oh shit, like this guy maybe actually did get murdered in the cellar of the farmhouse and maybe these girls aren't full of shit. Right. So, two locals to Rochester named Isaac and Amy Post were intrigued by the story, like many others, so they invited the Fox sisters to come to their house, hoping that the sisters could communicate with spirits in a different city and location, because they're like, well, let's see if this works at a different venue. So, Isaac Post wrote of that experience, quote, I suppose I went with as much unbelief as Thomas felt when he was introduced to Jesus after he ascended meaning that he was definitely not convinced. That is, until very distinct thumps were heard underneath the floor during this demonstration. The Posts were so convinced that they believed Leah Fox, one of the sisters, was actually a medium and was able to communicate with the post deceased daughter. But it doesn't end there. After bragging about these spiritual events, the Posts rented out a giant mansion which was the largest hall in Rochester, and on a stormy and rainy night, 400 people gathered in the hall to witness the mysterious phenomena. Then, after the sisters completed their demonstration, a group of skeptics searched the grounds and even disrobed the sisters to make sure that it wasn't a hoax, and in the end, no evidence was found to discredit the events of that evening. So it's kind of crazy that They went so far as to like hey we're gonna rent out this giant creepy mansion and we're gonna put you on the spot and make you do it in front of 400 people
1: and they had to take off their clothes yeah,
0: afterwards, because they're like, uh, I don't know, like yeah, we're just I mean, try- trying to cover the bases w- here. What
1: are they doing in the eighteen hundreds? Like, it's not like they've got some tech under
0: there, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, we're going to find. What did they think was there? We are going to find out about that, though.
1: All right. So after that night, the Fox sisters began to take their special abilities on tour, showcasing the mystery knocks at different hotels and events in Cleveland, Cincinnati, Columbus, St. Louis, and Washington D.C. And this is when spiritualism really started to take off in the United States. And in fact, it became extremely popular during the Civil War when many soldiers were dying and their loved ones sought out ways to communicate with the deceased. So it's really interesting
0: about the Civil War and how people got into spiritualism because there were so many uh, soldiers that were lost in battle just on the battlefield and who were never found, like their bodies were never recovered. So in order to get answers, their family members started getting involved in this spiritualism.
1: Which is fair. You know, they're like, if I can find answers this way, I'll do it. Yeah. So 750,000 Americans died during the Civil War. And one historian named Drew Gilpin had this to say, quote, The particular circumstances of the Civil War often inhibited mourning, rendering it difficult, if not impossible, for many bereaved Americans to move through the stages of grief. In an environment where information about deaths was often wrong or entirely unavailable, survivors found themselves both literally and figuratively unable to see clearly what has been lost. So, seances became very popular with the assistance of a trained medium among the spiritualist community, which by 1897, there were about 8 million believers in the US and in Europe. So, that's a lot of people. Even First Lady Mary Todd Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln's widow, practiced spiritualism in the White House. And you may be wondering, what the hell does this have to do with Ouija boards? Well, at the height of American spiritualism, people sought out different ways to connect with the dead. And in the mid-1800s, talking boards were born. And no, Ouija was not the first board. What's known as
0: table turning, also known as tilting or tipping, was the very first form of talking board. A medium would sit at a table with their fingers lightly touching the surface and wait for spiritual contact, which often ended up being the table tilting and knocking on the floor to letters from the alphabet, and this would bring messages from the dead. But mediums realized that this technique was loud as shit and also ruined their wooden floors, so they opted for a much less aggressive approach. One that was created was called the Pencil Basket, which essentially was just a pencil tied to a small basket, and the spirit would use the pencil to write messages, and this eventually transformed into the heart-shaped planchette, which is used today with modern talking boards. Although, the original planchettes had two legs in the back, and the third leg, which was the front of the triangle, was also a pencil. And this was before we had letters and numbers on a board that our planchette could hover over. And if you're confused as fuck right now, don't feel bad just head to our instagram at the dark parts podcast and check out some of the photos for reference
1: we're also on facebook and twitter
0: yes go check those out
1: and then quick side note for anybody interested planchette is actually a french word and translated to english it means little plank so little plank planchette it makes sense so anyway planchette writing became very popular but there was one problem Usually what was written down was just like scribbles of nonsense, which were near impossible to read. Therefore, the pencil was done away with, and out of some creative ingenuity, finally the alphabet board was created. In the 1870s, spiritualists began to use magazines and bulletins of the time to communicate with one another about different ideas that they had, and in one post dated December 18th, 1876, a writer known as L.K., posted in American Spiritualist magazine, and he wrote, quote, Many of your readers may wish to communicate with their spirit friends, but lack even that feeble mediumistic power, which is generally considered the first step to or beginning of mediumistic development. Viz, the power to communicate by tippings of the table. But there has been discovered, by my wife, a method which will enable many persons to get manifestations who could not get tippings of the table. And for those who require tipping of the table to point out the letters when the alphabet is called, a method is here offered that will facilitate operations greatly.
0: My wife and myself have discovered that we conjointly, not singly, were able to have intercourse with our spirit friends by tippings, found the process very tedious. But soon as we tried the new method, our spirit son exclaimed, Oh dear Papa and Mama, you have made our work so easy now. The method is this. I have on the table painted the letters of the alphabet, thus. On this table we placed a polished little rod, rounded below and pointed on both ends. The upper side is wide for the fingers to rest, and also rough so they do not glide off. The table of course must be very smooth. I facilitate operations by putting a little powdered soapstone on it. On this rod, the fingers of the two persons sitting on the opposite sides are placed, and the rod is allowed to glide from letter to letter. With this little arrangement, we receive messages now faster than by writing. If you think this information useful, your readers are welcome to it.
1: Fraternally yours, LK. This became such a popular idea that many people started making their own talking boards. In one article from the New York Tribune, a man wrote, quote, Planchette is simply nowhere. Compared with the new scheme for mysterious communication that is being used out in Ohio, I know of whole communities that are wild over the talking board, as some of them call it. I have never heard any name for it, but I have seen and heard some of the most remarkable things about its operations, things that seem to pass all human comprehension or explanation. What is the board like? Give me a pencil and I will show you. The first requisite is the operating board. It may be rectangular, about 18 by 20 inches. It is inscribed like this. The yes and the no are to start and stop the conversation. The good evening and good night are for courtesy. Now, a little table three or four inches high is prepared with four legs. Anyone can make the whole apparatus in 15 minutes with a jackknife and a marking brush.
0: It's so funny just, like, the way these people talk. Like,
1: I know. I'm, I'm having a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah. It's just, like,
0: 1800s of you, like. But it's so rah. it's
1: so subtle. Like, it's really, I mean, the, what we're saying is very subtle, but it's so subtly incorrect to us. It's yeah. not incorrect, but it just is it off. It sounds incorrect. So yeah. I feel like in my head I'm like, oh, this is so hard.
0: <laughs> so so continuing with this, he says, quotes You take the board in your lap. Another person sitting down with you. You each grasp the little table with the thumb and forefinger at each corner next to you. Then the question is asked, are there any communications? Pretty soon you think the other person is pushing the table. He thinks that you're doing the same, but the table moves around to yes or no. Then you go on asking questions and the answers are spelled out by the legs of the table resting on the letters one after the other. Sometimes the table will cover two letters with its feet. And then you hang on and ask that the table will be moved from the wrong letter, which is done. Some remarkable conversations have been carried on until men have become in a measure superstitious about it. I know of a gentleman whose family became so interested in playing with the witching thing that he burned it up. The same night, he started out of town on a business trip. The members of his family looked for the board and they couldn't find it. They got a servant to make them a new one. Then two of them sat down and asked what had become of the other table. The answer was spelled out, giving a name, Jack Burned It.
1: There are, of course, any number of nonsensical and irrelevant answers spelled out, but the workers pay little heed to them. If the answers are relevant, they talk them over with a superstitious awe. One gentleman of my acquaintance told me that he got a communication about a title to some property from his dead brother, which was of great value to him. It was curious, according to those who have worked most with the new mystery, that while two persons are holding the table, a third person, sitting in the same room some distance away, may ask the questions without even speaking them aloud, and the answers will show they are intended for him." Again, answers will be returned to the inquiries of one of the persons operating when the other can get no answers at all. In Youngstown, Canton, Warren, Tiffin, Mansfield, Akron, Elyria, and a number of other places in Ohio, I heard that there was a perfect craze over the new planchette. Its use and operation have taken the place of card parties." Attempts are made to verify statements that are made about living persons, and in some instances, they have succeeded so well as to make the inquirers still more awestricken.
0: One kind of funny fact about Ouija boards is that at the height of their popularity, many people actually ended up divorcing their spouses due to the fact that their partners relied on the board to answer every single little question that they had which sounds a bit nutty, but if you were a kid in the 70s, 80s, or 90s, then you probably did this with the Magic 8-Ball, and don't pretend like you didn't.
1: This actually reminds me of that Twilight Zone episode, Nick of Time. Have you seen it? Uh, I think so, yeah. That's one of my favorite episodes with William Shatner, and basically he and his wife are at a diner while they're waiting for their car to get fixed, and there's like a little like devil fortune telling machine and for a penny it can tell you your fortune and they become obsessed with it and like rely on this thing for answers to their their life's issues. Like at first, it's kind of like, oh, it's a silly machine, and then it becomes like almost this obsession of this thing is telling us real answers to our life. And yeah, like
0: should we get a divorce?
1: <laughs> yeah, like, is he cheating on me? Yeah, it's like so that that just reminds me of that totally.
0: Well, it's kind of funny because I feel like there are a lot of different things that are kind of within that realm. Like there's like Zolter. Uh, You know, there's these fortune telling machines and then there's like the magic eight ball. There's Ouija boards. There's a bunch of different things like that. People become obsessed. Absolutely. But now that talking boards were picking up steam, when and where was the Ouija board created? Well before Ouija, one of the largest toy companies in the U.S. named W.S. Toy Company out of Massachusetts created what they called the Witch Board in 1886. So it it went back that far. But a few years later in 1891, a man by the name of Elijah Bond from Baltimore patented a board that would become the most popular talking board of all time, the Ouija board. Elijah Bond's sister-in-law, along with Elijah, his son, and his wife, sat down one day to conduct a spiritual session in which they asked the spirits for guidance, giving their patented board a proper name. The planchette hovered over the letters O-U-I-J-A. Then they asked what the meaning of the word was, and the spirit answered, Good luck. The Ouija board became a huge sensation, and was manufactured heavily as a novelty and a children's toy.
1: It is so weird that, that it was like a children's toy. Yeah,
0: it was made for fucking kids. But
1: that is so weird.
0: I know, just knowing what we know now, right? So... Here's what was written about the Ouija board in the Baltimore Sun on December 6, 1890. Quote, This most interesting, mysterious talking board has awakened great curiosity wherever shown. It surpasses in its results second sight, mind reading, or clairvoyance. It consists of a small table placed upon a large table containing the alphabet and numerals. By simply resting the fingers of two persons upon the small table, it moves. And to all intents and purposes, becomes a living, sensible thing, giving intelligent answers to any questions that can be propounded. Wonderful as this may seem, the Ouija was thoroughly tested and the above facts demonstrated at the United States Patent Office before the patent was allowed. For sale by all first-class toy dealers and stationers.
1: So now, you know, you know, like where the Ouija board was created. We gave you
0: all the damn history on a Ouija board. All,
1: Which is, you know, it's good to know because I feel like everybody knows what one is, but they don't really know where it came from and why. And it's cool to know that it has such a long history. I mean, I guess it's not that long, but maybe longer than some of us had expected.
0: Yeah, and maybe longer than
1: a lot of other toys have been on the market. Very true. So now let's get into the juicy stuff. You know, the stories that make you question whether or not you want to take your chances. For decades, the Ouija board has been used in many different ways and for many different reasons, and those reasons vary. Some use it because they actually want to make a connection with a spirit. Others use it as a party game for fun, and some see it as an evil little wooden board that you shouldn't fuck with, and others have used it in pop culture such as TV shows or movies like William Friedkin's 1973 classic The Exorcist. And there are so many others like... Kevin S. Tenney's 1987 Witchboard, Ruben Galindo Jr.'s 1988 Don't Panic, and Styles White's 2014 film appropriately named Ouija, just to name a few. But even before that, films were painting Ouija boards in a negative light. The very first film involving a Ouija board actually came out in 1918 and was called A Little Ouija Work, followed by another film in 1930 called The Bat Whispers. And then in 1944, the film The Uninvited was released, followed by a very famous film that was later recreated that hit the silver screen in 1960 called 13 Ghosts.
0: Have you seen the remake of 13 Ghosts? Me? Yeah, it's got
1: Matthew Lillard in it. Yeah, no, we saw it together. I can picture it perfectly. I think we watched that like, I don't know, it's probably been two, we probably watched that during lockdown or something. Yeah, a few years. Yeah. But the fear of the Ouija board started long before anyone made a film about it. And these stories that we're about to tell you finally were the inspiration for some of these movies and have stoked fear for many generations.
0: Back in the year 1900, A spiritualist named Sarah Griffin, who led a group in Connecticut, poisoned herself to death after using a board to communicate with the other side. She told her husband shortly before her untimely death that the spirits ordered her to take her own life. They kept calling to her, whispering, Tonight, tonight. Then, on March 30th, 1930, a woman named Lila Jimerson, who lived in New York, used a Ouija board to trick a friend named Nancy Bowen into killing a 50-year-old woman named Clothilda Marchand. Lila was Mr. Marchand's younger lover, and in order to get Mrs. Marchand out of the way so that she could be with him, Lila came up with a plan to convince Nancy Bowen that Clothilda Marchand was a witch, and that she killed Nancy's husband. So Nancy was able to get Mrs. Marchand alone, where she beat her in the head with a hammer, causing her to fall down a flight of stairs, and then Nancy used a chloroform rag
1: to suffocate Mrs. Marchand to death. I, that's like, it's brutal, but it's also like, did you look, I mean, chloroform and, chloroform and a ham. I don't know, it feels like she looked into this deeply. Oh, absolutely, and she's just like,
0: hey, let's go use this Ouija board real quick. Uh... To find out who killed your husband? Oh, it's uh, Mrs. Marchand, <laughs> yeah. and then and then she just fucking killed her.
1: A lo- that's a lot.
0: Yeah, but the the really sad thing is that she was
1: later found brutally murdered by her twelve year old son. Oh, God, that's so traumatic. So on November eighteenth, nineteen thirty three, a fifteen year old girl in St. John's, Arizona, named Maddie Turley shot her father to death with a shotgun and claimed that it was just an awful accident. But after detectives investigated the scene, they found that the trajectory of the shot didn't add up to Maddie's story. So this is when Maddie changed her story and told police that a Ouija board had told her to kill her father. She said that she and her mother had been playing with one when she got the instruction. And this is how Maddie described the scene in a newspaper article. "It er, It was dark in the room, and there was only the shadows of a flickering lamp. Mother asked the board, shall we kill father? And the pointer moved to yes. Mother asked who should do the killing, and the pointer spelled out my name. Mother said that I must not refuse to follow the command of the Ouija, or I would suffer terribly.
0: Man, that's some manipulation right there.
1: Do you think this is true? Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) So Maddie was uh, convicted for her crime. She was, and she was sentenced to six years in a girl's institution. So her mother, Dorothy Turley, was also convicted in order to serve 25 years. But just two years into her sentence, she was granted a new trial and her sentence was overturned, finding her not guilty. So did a mother coerce her daughter into killing her husband? Or was the story true that the board ordered the killing of Ernest Turley? Yeah, I don't know. It's I'm, hard to say. I'm really
0: honestly just thinking that Dorothy is a bitch.
1: I probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I
0: mean, she manipulated her daughter into shooting her husband, so.
1: So, allegedly.
0: Those, yeah, allegedly. So, if those stories aren't weird enough, we dug into the darkest corners of the internet to find some of the scariest and strangest Ouija board experiences that we could find.
1: And we're gonna tell you about them right after this commercial break.
0: So, before that break, we were talking about how we found some of the strangest and scariest Ouija board stories out there on the internet. So, here's one that I found particularly eerie, shared by Reddit user The Tree Man. That's a scary name. That is a scary name.
1: I feel like that would be a good horror story The Tree Man. The Tree Man. Okay,
0: tell us what The Tree Man said. Okay, so. When I was little, my mom took out a Ouija board and asked my brother and I if we'd like to play with it. It started out pretty funny. Someone was obviously moving the planchette, making words like poop and stuff like that. Did I mention that we were young enough for that to be hilarious? But then my mom said, let's get serious and try to actually contact someone. Here's where it gets weird. A friend of hers had recently gone missing. He'd been missing for a month or so, and nobody knew where he was. When we asked who it was we were talking to, the spirit spelled out the name George. The name of my mom's friend. When we asked George if he was my mom's friend, the planchette moved to yes. My mom got visibly upset and asked where he was. In a lake was spelled out. Oh my god. It was extremely upsetting and we stopped immediately. My mom tried to be lighthearted about it, and since I was young, I believed it was no big deal as well, following her lead. About two weeks later, they found George's body. He had been hit by a train on a bridge, and his body fell into the nearby lake, though it was more like a very large pond. It was a reasonably remote place, so nobody had found his body for a while.
1: That's so creepy.
0: Ah,
1: chills. That's really scary. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, wow. Because, I don't know, I feel like, obviously, a lot of people do fake Ouija stuff, like somebody, like a friend will move the planchette, but I feel like at the same time, it is really hard to actually spell something out, because a lot of the planchette covers the board. So, you have to be actively looking at it and looking at where you're pointing, which... It's hard to do, especially so quickly moving from one letter to the next across the board. You know what I mean? Yeah, very true. So especially if the mom was like, let's get serious. I I feel like this is real. So, so eerie. So this next story that we found, we weren't able to find the user for it, but it honestly scared the shit out of us. So it goes like this. My friends and I rented an Airbnb at the coast after graduation to celebrate. There were eight of us, four guys and four girls. We had checked the weather for that weekend, and all the reports said that we were in for clear skies, so we were really excited to hang out and explore the town's restaurants and shops. But into the second night of our stay, the sky turned a very dark gray, and then it began to pour heavy, sideways rain. A few of us sat around the living room, bored out of our skulls, watching a storm unfold while we drank and listened to music. The others went roaming around the big house, searching for anything they could find to entertain us. And that's when my friend saw it. Sitting at the back of a hall closet on a shelf was a Ouija board. A few of my friends said that they had tried messing around with one before, but nothing ever happened. But one friend we were with was extremely adamant about us not using it because they claimed that they had a really bad experience in the past. We kind of just chalked it up to our friend overreacting. After all, we had all been drinking that night, so we figured, what the hell? We pulled it out and sat down in the kitchen.
0: We dimmed the lights and asked the board if anyone was there, and if so, to show us a sign. Something I found out later is that it's not a good idea because it opens the door for spirits to roam free from the board. The planchette moved to the word, yes. Yes. A little tingle ran down my spine i was excited but also a little nervous we then asked what the spirit's name was and it spelled out roger the boys i was with were cracking jokes and not taking it very seriously but then we asked where are you right now and the board spelled out open the door i shit you not two seconds later we all heard a knocking sound at the front door my friend got up and went to check even though we begged him not to. And when he opened the door, the wind was blowing pretty hard. He told us to come look, so out of curiosity, we did. On the welcome mat outside was what we all thought for sure were two muddy footprints. So scary. The thing is, none of us had left the house since the storm started. We were all a bit freaked out and quickly shut the door but our night was not over just yet. So we sat back down at the table and continued to mess around with the
1: board. We placed our hands back on the planchette and asked, was that you at the front door? And the planchette quickly zipped over to yes. My heart was racing now and I told my friends that I wanted to stop. But one friend said that we couldn't until the planchette moved to goodbye because it was bad luck. So I hesitantly continued. We asked, how did you die? And Roger spelled out the word boat. Now, this made a lot of sense considering we were on the coast. And then my friend asked Roger, is there anything you would like us to do for you? The planchette began to move slowly and it hovered over the letters D-I-E. Then it quickly zipped over to goodbye. Goodbye. Immediately after that, we heard yet again the sounds of knocks, only this time they were coming from the back door. None of us moved at all. One of my girlfriends started to cry and we were all terrified. And after that, we put the board back in the closet. But if it couldn't get any worse, the power suddenly went out. Thankfully, my friend found some candles in a drawer, and we all huddled together in the living room where we fell asleep. The next morning was checkout, so we all packed up our things, but just before we left, we noticed something extremely odd. Sitting on the kitchen table was the Ouija board that we had used the night before. We all swore up and down that none of us had taken the board back out of the closet.
0: Pretty eerie considering that they heard the knocks at the front door and then at the back door and then, you know, the, the muddy
1: footprints. Yeah. So did Roger like come out of the board and it is good that they left that day because get the fuck out of that house.
0: Absolutely. So
1: scary. And also why would an Airbnb have a Ouija board? Like why would you do that?
0: Yeah. It's just, that's also the other interesting thing is like, why was there a Ouija board in the closet? So creepy. Maybe it's an old coastal house. Scary. So, the last story I want to share with you strangers is one that actually came from my sister. And to this day, she has never touched a Ouija board based on this.
1: Your sister's the best.
0: Yeah. So here, Shout out, Burke. Shout out, Burke. So, here it goes. When I was 17, one of my friends shared that they had a Ouija board, and I was so excited to try it out. I invited three friends over to my dimly lit bedroom where I had arranged a circle of pillows on the floor. My dad was home, and I did not want him to know that I had brought a Ouija board into the house. He had warned me against them multiple times over the years. So we shut my bedroom door and began to use the board, unbeknownst to my fearful father. Good old Bob. So we decided to ask simple questions with verifiable answers at first, to sort of gauge the accuracy of the whole experience. So we asked what time it was, and since there were no clocks in my room, we knew that there was no way... That this answer could be given by any of us. We asked the question a few times and each time I would leave the room and check a clock. The answer was spot on to the minute every single time. That's when we knew that it was real.
1: The answers to our next questions couldn't be confirmed immediately but we would be able to figure them out the next day at school. Since we were all in theater together and the cast list was being announced the next day, we asked who would be given certain roles in the upcoming play. As we continued, whoever was speaking with us through the board clearly wanted us to keep going, and it felt as though they began to lead the conversation. Our silly teenage questions somehow transitioned into an in-depth discussion about spirit guides, and the board was basically saying that we all had spiritual company with us "'all the time. "'It even gave us names of spirits "'who were with each of us. "'It all felt a bit overwhelming, "'but I was fascinated "'and very much enjoying the experience. "'Suddenly, my dad opened the door, "'looking a bit confused, "'and asked to talk with me in the hall. "'What are you doing?' he asked, "'and I sheepishly answered. "'He wasn't pleased, "'especially given what had just occurred.' He asked if I had been expecting another friend to come over because while he was vacuuming in my brother's room, Heath, That's me. <laughs> which is an eyeshot of the front door, he saw the door open and had a vague peripheral view of someone standing outside.
0: Figuring it was just my mom coming home, he didn't really look up and continued to focus on his task. But the door shut without the figure ever stepping inside, or at least as far as we know. <laughs> As he told me this story, I could see him connecting what had happened in the doorway with what was happening in my room. He was shook and told me it was time for my friends to leave. I went back to the board and asked if the figure in the doorway was them. They said yes. Oh my god. Prior to the front door opening, we had asked them to give us a sign of their presence, like a real tangible sign, and I suppose that they did. Once my friends went home, and it was time for me to get to sleep, I was left with an unsettling feeling lingering in my room. The energy was thick and heavy, and as the hours passed on, I was fairly sure that I wouldn't be getting any sleep that night, and what happened in the middle of the night ensured that I wouldn't. There was scratching inside my wall. It literally sounded like fingernails were running down the inner wall next to my bed. I was petrified, I had never heard anything like this. Now I know what some of you might be thinking. Maybe there were mice in the wall. No, there weren't. Our house had never had mice. And having lived with mice in my adult years, I can assure
1: you that the sound was not made by them. So after my very long and sleepless night, I was at school the next day awaiting the cast reveal for the upcoming play. Unsurprisingly... Every answer the board gave us for who would be given each role was accurate. My friends and I gathered together and talked about what we were feeling. I said, I just can't believe it. And right after the words left my mouth, the old TV, which was in the upper corner of the classroom and was hardly ever used, suddenly turned on and a woman was on the screen saying, you better believe it, my heart nearly stopped. I was terrified and furthermore, I had many creepy nights ahead of me in my bedroom where we had used the board. After this experience, I vowed to never use a Ouija board again and I haven't. This one is so scary because I will just tell everybody, I know Burke very well and she is not the kind of person that would make something like this up. Like She is a very true and honest person. Yeah, she definitely is. And she's very spiritual, but not, I don't know, not, I, I, I guess I don't know why I said that because she doesn't like talk to spirits, you know what I mean? But she is very intuitive, I'll say. Um, she's kind of like, what? what's that a, word? A free spirit? No, I mean, I mean, yeah, but she's very, um, uh, like, she's like an empath. That's what I'm looking for. She she has you know how sometimes she'll have dreams and she'll call your mom and say something like by the way I had this weird dream and like she it's almost like she has like premonitions sometimes in her dreams. Yeah. Like I I feel like I've always she always has said stuff like that just over the years of me knowing her, but so she would not make this up. And we have actually, her room is now a guest room that we stay in whenever we go to your parents' house. And now I'm going to be really scared to sleep in there. Yeah. Next time
0: we stay there, if you hear any scratching in the walls, just, just remember that it's, um, from that Ouija board experience from like, I don't know, 12 years ago.
1: Yeah. No, that's well, do you remember when this happened to her? Like, did she tell you about this?
0: Oh, yeah, she definitely told me about it. And at the time, I was kind of like, uh, eh, whatever, like well, i don't I don't really believe you, and
1: your dad has mentioned this story, so I mean, I'm just I'm saying all this to say, like, this is a true story,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: like this is real. yeah, your yeah. dad talks about this on occasion
0: sometimes he does, yeah, he absolutely Wait. hates <gasps> anything that's involved with any of this.
1: I just remembered, oh, my God, I just got so scared. I just remembered. That thing that happened in the window at your parents' house—you Do you remember that?
0: Oh my god! Okay, yeah. I got to tell that we, story. Yeah, we got to tell this story real quick before we leave you guys. Okay,
1: no, this is a good story. So uh, about four years ago, we were staying with Heath's parents for Heath's parents for a few months and living in Heath's childhood bedroom. Um, right before we started going west, actually, because we were transitioning, moving back to Los Angeles, and we just needed kind of like a float space. So we were staying in Heath's childhood bedroom. And basically his window uh, looks out to the backyard. And I was actually, maybe this was during Going West because I was working on my laptop in bed and the, you know, the sun had set. It was winter in Oregon and the blinds were open and I just hadn't gotten to shutting them yet. Like I had worked and watched the sun set. So I just hadn't shut them yet. And suddenly I just hear these three very clear knocks on the door like tap 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 on the window or on the window sorry sorry sorry. on the on the window that was right next to my face like it was like a foot from my face and I very suddenly looked at the window but it was pitch black outside so I couldn't see who was on the other side
0: yeah you know when you're trying to like look out the window when the lights are on and you you can't see anything outside yeah
1: because at the time when I say childhood bedroom like he lived there till he was a teenager and it was not childlike. You had like string lights um, at the top. So it's lights... like
0: Legos all over the floor and stuff.
1: No, not all. It was very basic room. <laughs> so um, the string lights were on and yeah, they were reflecting in the window. So I actually started laughing because I felt embarrassed. I thought it was your dad. And I was kind of like, oh, hey, what's up? And I kind of like laughed and gave a wave. And then I kind of just sat there still because I wasn't going to close the blinds immediately. I felt like, like that was rude. So then I just closed them later and I remember at that time, you were talking to your mom in the garage. You guys were having like an in-depth conversation in the garage. And so I knew it wasn't you guys. That's why I was like, oh, it had to be Bob. And then the next morning when I was getting ready for work and your dad was getting ready for work, I was like, oh yeah, like you knocked on the window last night. And he Yeah, like, like,
0: huh, funny guy.
1: Yeah. So I asked him if he was like taking the dog outside or whatever. And he was just very confused at what I was talking about and I was like stop fucking with me like you knocked on the door or on the window last night it was three very clear knocks it was super loud it scared me and he was like honey I didn't do that I don't know I'm serious I don't know what you're talking about and I was kind of like oh then maybe it was Beatrice Heath's mom but I swear she was in the garage with Heath anyway so then later that day we had like a family conversation about this and I was like just tell me one of you did it like I know one of you did it and they were all like, honey, seriously, we did not do that. Yeah, and
0: I and I did not do that because, like you mentioned, I was literally in the garage with my mom. Yes, we so. were having
1: a very in-depth, like, two-hour conversation. So then I was so scared because then I was like, wait, that was at, like, 10 o'clock. Your dad would have been sleeping anyway. And then I was really scared because I i laughed and i stayed sitting there on my laptop without closing the blind so i'm like was somebody out there knocking who was that
0: yeah but the funniest part about this entire story is that that night we all like came together and we were like let's set up booby traps it was your dad's idea yeah my dad was like let's set up booby traps in the backyard so he's literally out there with like fishing line (laughs) stringing (laughs) it across the yard and, like, just like putting up like bells. So, if anybody hit the, the <laughs> line, like, <laughs> the bells would ring and shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, this man is a genius, but. But
1: that's how serious he was about the fact that that was not him doing that. There was nobody else home. Nobody else was living at the oh, yeah. house at the time.
0: He would have never put up those those things if, if he was actually behind it. No.
1: And that's another thing is that it wouldn't have been anybody else. Like, nobody else was just in your backyard. You live in like a. a sub- or your parents live in a suburban neighborhood. Like, this was not. So, that. Every time I think about that, I'm like, who was that? But now that I'm connecting this story, now I'm scared that it was the ghost that Burke summoned. I mean,
0: maybe uh, my house is haunted. Maybe it's creepy. I don't. I don't know. Oh God. Maybe there's a <laughs> pet cemetery <laughs> underneath my fucking house. So uh, scary. I know this has nothing to do with Ouija boards, but you know, it's it's a fun story regardless, and and it was you know really funny at the time. I remember Daphne and I laughed. Oh, about I it, no,
1: I was very scared though. <laughs> like that she was, was very
0: scared. It but was
1: it was ver- three very loud clear knocks.
0: What if I told you right now that it was me? Was it? No, I swear to God, it wasn't. (laughs)
1: Well, because your dad was like, "Oh, maybe it was a branch." I was like, "No, it was like, like it was like that." Three knocks. Yeah, Yeah, very, very hard to wear. I literally jumped.
0: But you're also kind of like a a, like a scared person in general. I am very scared. Like I remember, like I would walk into the bedroom, like you would already be asleep, (laughs) and I would walk into the bedroom. And one time, I walked in, and it was dark in the bedroom, and I just walk in, and I'm like a silhouette in the doorway. I was asleep in the dark She wakes up and she sees me and she just goes (laughs) And like freaks (laughs) the fuck out I was like dude Like you're gonna give me a fucking heart attack Yeah that's true Well I mean because
1: I woke up and there's a fucking
0: shadow in the room What else am I supposed to do Anyway just know that Daphne is typically always on edge I I
1: mean I didn't make it up It was three knocks it was loud as clear as day She's
0: easy to scare definitely
1: The knocker is real
0: But like who was it though I don't know So, strangers, what did we learn today? We learned that table turning was obnoxious as hell, and it's not to be confused with turntables, although I would love to see an old-timey person spin a record at a creepy old Victorian house. We also learned that my dad is a super huge weenie, and that if you use a Ouija board, mice will appear in your walls and eat your face while you sleep. And last, but certainly not least, we learned that Maddie Turley's mom is a manipulative asshole, and she totally threw her daughter under the bus. So if you're ever just hanging out with your mom, doing a little bit of silly willy Ouija Beegee, and the board tells you to kill your papa, don't do it. Your mammy's just trying to
1: get away with the perfect murder. Today's horror tip comes from the 1960 film 13 Ghosts. If your dead uncle leaves you the keys to a sweet mansion, but it's filled with ghosts from around the world, and there's also a hidden fortune on the property, just remember that people are greedy as shit, and you're probably in the midst of an elaborate murder plot.
0: So true. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this Halloween episode of The Dark Parts.
1: What a fun episode. I am still scared about your sister's story.
0: Yeah, and if you have any Ouija board stories or something that happened to you that freaked you out that involved the Ouija board, please let us know because... I don't know. I'm still interested in learning about more stories. Maybe we'll do a part two. Who knows? Well, that's
1: the thing is Ouija is so, it's so broad. So I know it's kind of a broad one, but also it's, there's so many different stories. One of my friends, Stavros, has a great Ouija story about masks. Like he had this friend, he uh, he was at their house and they were doing a Ouija board and their family had this wall in the living room of like vintage masks, which is so scary to think about. I don't know that's why just, the fuck you'd have that. Yeah, that's creepy on its own. So creepy. And he has this story about one of them falling off and there's a whole story involved and there's so many other ones. So yeah, if you have one, please email us. We'd love to do another episode.
0: Yeah, it's funny because I really just chose like a few different ones that I could find, but I know that there is a shit ton out there. So I need to do a little bit more digging as well. Yeah,
1: I mean, and now we know the history so we can just move on to more scary stories. So if you have a story or your friend does or whoever, send us an email at thedarkpartspodcast at gmail.com. And thank you so much for tuning in. And happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. All right, strangers. We'll see you next time. In the Dark Parts.